Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. It's me, Governor, your Judge John Hodgman. This week's episode was recorded live in London at the London Podcast Festival. It was our second stop in our Van Freaks Roadshow Tour, which is revving back up October 9th in Lexington, Kentucky. Visit vanfreaksroadshow.com for the rest of our dates and cities and to buy tickets and to submit your disputes, vanfreaksroadshow.com. Now let's go to the stage at King's Place for some live justice at the London Podcast Festival. London, you've come to us desperate for justice, and we are here live at the London Podcast Festival to deliver it. Let's bring out our first set of litigants. Please welcome to the stage May and Paul. Our case, undergrounds for dismissal. When May and Paul go out together, May prefers to take the bus. She likes to take her time and see the city. But Paul hates the bus. He says the tube is quicker and more reliable. Who's right, who's wrong, only one can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom and delivers an obscure cultural reference. Rattle big black bones in the danger zone. There's a rumbling groan down below. There's a big black town, it's the place I've found. Judge John Hodgman is in London town. They're alive, they're awake, while the rest of the world is asleep. Below the mine shaft roads, it will all unfold. Judge John Hodgman is in London town. Bailiff Jesse Thorne, you may swear them in. The role you were born to play. May Paul please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God or whatever? I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that he travels only by rigid airship? I do. I do. Judge Hodgman, you may semi, proceed. Semi-rigid these days, I'm afraid. <laughs> May we Paul, all get may- older. <laughs> <laughs> may and Paul, you may be seated for an immediate summary judgment in one of yours favors. Can either of you name the piece of culture that I referenced as I r- arose from my slumber to speak to you here in London? May, do you want to take a guess? I think I know it, but I can't think of it. So yes. I'm going to definitely look back uh, and regret it. Um, no, it- <laughs> you'll regret nothing. Okay. Uh, is it a Nick Cave song? Is it a Nick Cave song? That's a very good guess. I like it. I like the guess. This is an artist with a very specific I vocal know. style. I know. I know. And Nick Cave is, is not that. But that's fine. It's a, <laughs> I think you're in the ballpark, though. Yes. What about you, Paul? Uh, I wasn't really sure, but maybe like a Tim Burton something. Tim Burton. Sort of a haunted carnival feel is also yeah. in the same neighborhood. And Judge, the, Judge Hodgman. Yeah, did you have a guess, Jesse? I did. Yeah. Tone Loke? Tone Loke. That's exactly right. It is Funky Cold Medina by Tone Loke. <laughs> as covered by Tom Waits. <laughs> All guesses are wrong. It was Tom Waits' song from his album Swordfish Trombones, specifically called Underground, because that is what we are talking about here today, the London Underground, and also the London Double Above Ground, which is what we call a bus. Or a loo here in London. Exactly so. So who comes to seek justice in this fake court? I do. And you are May, correct? What is the nature of the justice you seek? 
Uh, so yeah, Paul and I live in central London when we go out and about together. I thought I detected a central London accent. Yeah, <laughs> born and bred. Um, when we go out together, I prefer to take the bus. It's more enjoyable. You prefer to take the bus when mm-hmm. you go out and about. And Paul, yes. how do you respond? Uh, so I am actually from London. <laughs> and when we go out, I prefer to take the tube because I like to get to places. <laughs> <laughs> what line is your favorite line? Uh, probably the Victoria line, because that's my nearest one, and it, there's trains every minute, minute and a half, and it, they just turn up. And, and they great. just go. And they, they go. Just, I understand. Uh, let the record reflect that when you said Victoria Line, someone went, Woo! <laughs> Are there favorite lines? Are there good lines? Oh, yeah, yeah. yes, yes. What's the, yeah. what's the best line? Ah! Did someone say the district line? <laughs> oh my God, someone said the district line? <laughs> I also know what that means. (laughs) May, when did you first take a London bus? It must have been when you were coming home from the hospital here in England. Yeah, exactly. Um, No, I moved here 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. I did a semester abroad even before that, so it must have been 2010 I took my first bus. Your first bus, and what Mm. did it feel like when you were taking it? Was Um, it love at first bus? (laughs) Yes. Uh, yeah. No, it was great. I think, see, growing up in the U.S., which is where, did you where grow, I'm from. Where did, where did you actually grow up, if I may ask? Um, I moved around a lot as a child. Uh, I grew up in the Midwest okay. region. Sure, <laughs> uh, sure. Lots of different places in the suburbs, so no public transport. No public transportation. What to no. Yeah, right. So growing up watching, you know, movies and TV shows, seeing that double-decker iconic red bus. Iconic. Arriving to London, just being like, whoa, it's real. Right. Um, riding that bus, especially the night bus, specifically. When Everyone I was loves the night bus. <laughs> I, also, I also spent a semester of college here mm. in London on a, on a drink abroad program of my own devising. <laughs> yeah. And I remember loving the night bus. Oh, so yeah. reliable. <laughs> and and, and also the, the people you meet yeah, on the, the night bus. You, you might get just some the lo- free Just food. the loveliest. You might mm-hmm. get some free food yeah. thrown at you. Or regurgitated at you. It's yeah. like you're a little bird in a nest. Someone's trying to feed you yeah. some curry and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and uh, ale. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. from their stomachs. That's great. And so the majesty and the romance of the night bus really yeah. won you over. <laughs> yes. And, uh, <laughs> and Paul, why is May wrong? Uh, she's wrong about buses because they're really slow and they don't turn off very often. And a very London bus is probably the best buses in the country. In all of England, do you mean? Uh, or Britain. Or probably... The- Anywhere. Probably, oh, okay. They might be the best in the world. But probably the just, best in the world? Yeah, but they just are slow and they don't go in, they don't turn up and they don't, uh, they don't get you there in the time you want to get there. You are a Londoner. Yeah. How did you two meet? Uh, online. Really? Yeah. And, and how long ago did you meet? Ten, nine years nine, ago. Nine years ago. So you had moved here already? Yeah. You did not move to be with Paul? No. No. Wonderful. sounds like you're still deciding yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) in the process yeah all right paul you're a londoner yeah would you think most londoners would agree with you that the buses suck yeah i think they would buses suck Boo. all right who here loves buses who here hates buses oh more bus lovers in in the crowd yeah this is not going to be decided by a jury. Okay. <laughs> Fair. Now, you submitted some evidence to the court, some photographic evidence. Could yeah. you see that? It's always great for a podcast to have photographic <laughs> evidence. What's the first piece of evidence, please? Oh, Jesse, you've got the clicker. 
Look at that. That is a right. view from my second favorite bus route. Right. Mm-hmm. Only, um, only, so what we're looking at, for those of you listening at home, are four empty seats on the top decker of a double-decker bus. There is a lonely, empty can of Red Bull rolling around <laughs> in one of them. And just behind in the distance, you can see just a, a, a bit of the arc of the London Superwheel, and then obviously, beautiful HP Tower right there. <laughs> HP Sauce Tower right there behind it. it. It is truly a lovely scene. So tell me, why is this your yeah, favorite bus route? It's my second favorite bus route. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> it's the 341 um, that's going over Waterloo Bridge, back up to my house in Angel. Yes. Um, and yeah, it's a good route because it gets you to Waterloo and you don't have to take the tube to Waterloo when you need to get there. And you get this lovely view. The 341 bus? Yeah, the 341. Does that mean that there are at least 341 <laughs> different routes, Paul? Uh, no, I don't think so, but... <laughs> Well, why? Why is it the 341? Oh, I read a whole book about it once, but I can't remember. You read a whole book about it? Yeah, there's a whole... Well, because they used to be run by separate companies, oh, and I every see. company would have their own... Had its own numbering system. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah. And so why make it easy for anyone to get around? Yeah, exactly. You have to decipher a code, yeah, right? That's definitely. right. It's like the Enigma code. Mm-hmm. You figure out where you're going. I'm, I'm talking from experience. I tried to take the bus yesterday. <laughs> I'll tell you about it later. Yes, please. I still what, don't know what, what happened. What was it? I ended up, not at my destination, but I ended up sometime yesterday. It does happen. Yeah. But Is in it? any case, it was very nice. Yeah. Paul, did you want to say something? Uh, no, apart from, like, this bus just takes ages. If you want to get to Waterloo and you're going there for a train, you just, like, you have to leave really early or else you're going to miss your train. Is it hard to get to Waterloo? From our flat, this bus, this, this bus actually is quite convenient. It's just slow. Yeah. And What about to escape if you wanted to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jesse, it, it we're works. not holograms. <laughs> Paul, uh... Do you work at home? Do you have to be? Do you have to commute? Either of you? Uh, I'm mixed. I work from home and commute. Right. So. Okay. And man. I'm fully remote. You're fully remote, so you don't ever have to be anywhere you don't want to be. No. Uh, and I can usually take my time, you know, watch the world go by. How did you get here tonight? We walked. Oh. I you, think we. That's ag- good. I'm glad that you agreed to walk everywhere until I decided what you will do for the future. <laughs> I think we do agree that walking is the best. But if it's too long to walk, then we disagree. Then you have to choose something else, obviously. Yeah, exactly. What's the next slide that you brought? Oh. oh. That's, Look. Ru- that's Rupert Giles, our pub. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you could have picked just one of those names, and it would be perfectly adorable English and twee. But you had to add both. Yeah, it's Rupert Giles. What, what kind of dog is Rupert Giles? He's a, a mutt. A schnauzer, poodle, cocker spaniel. Yeah. And wouldn't you agree, May, that he looks terrified being brought into a hole? Yes. yes. Yeah, he does. Yes, yeah. that's why. Oh, you agree as well, Paul. Yeah, sometimes you just have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Are you allowed to bring dogs into the subway? Of course. Yep. Of course. That's not <laughs> self-evident. How, how else do you get anywhere with a dog? It's Subways the... are for people. <laughs> but uh, any, any pet can go onto the subway at any time? I don't know, I actually. Dogs are allowed. Dogs, dogs are definitely and allowed. anything Dog- in a... A crate. Holdal thing. Right. Can dogs ride the subway without people? <laughs> I've never seen it happen. There's what a, if they have to get to Waterloo? <laughs> uh, there's videos all the time of pigeons jumping onto the tube, riding at a stop and then, or two, and then jumping off, which, uh, yeah, right. I mean, animals can do what they want. <laughs> we ever see a cat on a leash in there? Yes, thank you. I love What seeing... about a guy with an iguana on his shoulder? Haven't no. seen that. No. I love seeing a cat on a leash. It's just so humiliating to them. <laughs> Next slide, please. 
Oh, Paul, here you are. You're so happy next to your Lego London underground map. Uh, this is at the uh, London Transport Museum out no, in... No. no. At, at the, the London... Wrong, Paul. TF... Ah. It's at the TfL depot. It's at the TfL depot. The, uh, what, the, what the what? The Transport for London depot where they store... They store like, all the old trains. Where they store all the Legos. Yeah. And <laughs> Lego maps, yeah. Well, and who submitted this piece of evidence? I submitted it because I wanted I to be nice. Because look at how happy he He's is. He's very happy. <laughs> Do you have an affection for the underground beyond just its uh, functionality and getting places? Uh, I like trains in general. I think they're cool. You like um, choo-choo trains? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, modern trains are great, but choo-choo trains are fantastic as well. <laughs> <laughs> what about, what about uh, funiculars? What about gondolas? Yeah, no prob- I've got no problem. No, no thoughts really anyway with a gondola. Jesse, if you had to get rid of all subway trains or all funiculars, what would you do? God, that's hard. Yeah. I love riding the subway in Los Angeles, but I love riding Angel's Flight, Los Angeles' most famous funicular. <laughs> of, the, of the many famous funiculars I, I've ridden in Los that, Angeles. It's, yeah. it's quite fun. It's yeah. really great. However, it now occurs to me, without the subway, I couldn't get to Angel's Flight, so I'm going to stick with the subway. All right. The Los Angeles subway is saved. Good job. Good choice. And with it, my family's trips to the Central Library. <laughs> uh, Paul, what do you like about the train so much? What's the, what's the appeal? Uh, so more for trains than the tube. I just like when you're on a train and you know you're going to get somewhere on time mm. if it's working, you just can just sit out, sit out and stare out the window. Obviously, it doesn't work on tubes so much. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I, I just like... So on trains, that, on tubes, it's more yes. just you know... You know how long a journey is going to take, and so you know what time you have to leave, and you don't have to guess how long a bus is going to take to yes. get through traffic. Yes, and also tracks. Yes. They can't and just take a left. Yeah, absolutely. They, it's they go, going to go to they, that station. They're going to go where they're going Could to go. Could skip a station. They Terrifying can. possibility. Yeah. Could skip a station, but, but it's going to at least go through the station. Yeah. Buses may go anywhere. I mean, you're at the whim of the driver. That's kind of part of the magic, right? Well... <laughs> What if the driver wakes up one morning and takes a bunch of psychedelic mushrooms and decides to go rogue? And then suddenly you're five blocks from where you were supposed to be. Oh, the worst were... possible outcome. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, and suddenly dogs are allowed to ride the subway. <laughs> <laughs> but you like the predictability of trains. Is that not right, Paul? Yeah, absolutely. You yeah. just know how long it's going to take and how, when they're going to turn up. Has the train ever let you down, Paul? All the time. Oh. But... <laughs> Much less frequently than a bus would let What me was the worst train situation you ever had? Uh, you, I spent an hour just sat in a tube train in a tunnel. Right. Like, when they break down, you just... You Underground. Get, yeah. Unable to get out. Or text anyone. Or, or text any, or yeah. communicate with anyone. Yeah. Just breathing human farts. Yeah. Some of them are mine, though, so it's fine. <laughs> no, no, I understand. <laughs> Some of them are dogs. <laughs> May, has the bus ever let you down catastrophically? Yeah, I have to admit. What was um, the worst situation that ever happened? There was, well, actually, it's based off of a tube letdown. There was a tube strike a few years ago. Mm. So everyone was on the buses, and the, um, the traffic was really bad because everyone was driving as well. And I got stuck on the number eight bus. 3952.9? No, this is the number eight bus yeah. uh, right outside St. Paul's Cathedral. And we were just sat there for probably a good hour. But with but, a bus, but you can jump off. You can get out. Yes. You can escape. But you didn't. You just I sat didn't. there. You took it. Yeah. You could have you just got off and walked and got been home in an hour. It was on my way to work, so I wasn't yeah. really in a hurry. And why was it stopped? Mechanical error? Uh, no, it was just traffic jams. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, what is the difference between a 
bus that is stopped in traffic and a bus that is operating normally. <laughs> Zero difference. Some of them zoom real fast. Some of them zoom fast. Yeah. What? When you, would you have any claustrophobia, May? Is this an anti-tube thing? Yeah, it's partially anti-tube, partially Mm pro-bus. I feel, especially during rush hour, very closed in on a a full tube train. Sure. When you're kind of in a nook of someone's armpit Mm -hmm. for an hour. Yeah, you probably shouldn't be in there. No. Not without consent. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I agree. It's tough. Paul, do you have a similar reaction to buses? You know, like a, a sense of anxiety? Uh, a bit sometimes it depends who's on them like as you were saying uh, earlier it's like the later ones just get quite sketchy yeah uh, yeah but you don't have my fear that when you're on a bus the bus driver will just go rogue and take you anywhere uh, I mean they do take or maybe you're now thinking about it yeah, for the first yeah, time yeah. They, they do take random routes quite often but they're not random you can look them up online beforehand well they don't normally tell you they'll just be like oh something's broken down over there so we're gonna go instead of going that we'll go like that has this ever negatively affected your life when you've been on the bus and you've ended up missing an appointment or, or something similar? Well, I, I, like, uh, I like turning off on time and like if we're meeting some friends or something, I don't want to be the late person. Has that happened a all lot? The, all the time. If we, oh, take, if we take the buses, yeah. Yeah. Would you say, what would be the rate of, of being late to meet a friend on the, when you take the bus? 100% of the time? Uh, I'd say Lightness? like 75% of the time. May, do you disagree? That's probably right. Okay. But it's never catastrophically yeah. late. It's like 10 minutes. Oh, very, very <laughs> continental of you. <laughs> exactly. Is part of this that you don't leave enough time to get there on the bus? Yes, for okay. sure. We could give ourselves a lot more time and we could get there via the bus. But we, we both operate on a sort of just-on-time basis. and Like Walmart? Yeah, like Walmart, yeah. Uh, and uh, if we take the train, you know, you know when it's going to... You know, you know what you're going to do and when you're going to get there. All right, everyone has a preference, but what would you have me rule? May, if I were to rule in your favor, no tubes ever? I think, to be fair, tubes have a place. But just, <laughs> just I, I when... Appreciate, I appreciate your fairness. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they should all be destroyed. Tubes have a place. Yes, but I think we should only take the tube if we have to get somewhere for like a show or a gig where they might like actually close the doors. So if we were late, it would be catastrophic. Uh, but meeting friends wouldn't fit that. It's no. fine. Paul, how do you feel when you're late meeting friends? And is it only 10 minutes or is that... Uh... Uh, 10 minutes plus. Uh, I just feel guilty. Like, yeah. why am I making my friends hang around for me because I'm too late? When you know you're late, do you feel like... Oh, I'm, I'm with text. I'm like, I'm going to be sort of anything over two minutes late. And I'm like, a, sorry, I'm running late text person. Well, yeah, sure. But do you feel it physically when you're running late? Yeah. 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 Right. Not a fun feeling for you. No. What, what do you would... feel? Just like guilty. You know, the all-encompassing guilt. How is that different from peeing English? <laughs> that, might, that might be the problem, yeah. <laughs> what would you have me rule if I were to rule in your favor, Paul? Uh, I'd like... No more buses ever? Uh, Fill them all with every now and then the bus is okay. I'd like sort of tubes to be the primary option. Like, that's your first choice and right. buses are fallback. Right. Right of first refusal for tubes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But right. when do we then not use the tube? Where's, where do we draw the line? Uh, if we're going to Hackney? <laughs> buses are for hackney only yeah that sounds right I couldn't agree more and know what that means <laughs> do we have any more uh, uh, yeah. evidence yeah let's see let's take a look up here at a little more evidence oh, oh. dogs are allowed on buses too no that's, that's, a, that's, a, train. that's a train that's a train but that's not a is that a, a, a that's like train? a mainline train a mainline train 
Like Somebody's seems, mainlining on this train? What, what, what's his name? Rupert Giles. Sinjin Fife or whatever? <laughs> seems very happy there. Yeah, he's happy there. On a mainline train. Because he's not underground. Because he's not underground. You think exactly. he can sense oh, yeah. that, he's, that, he's going, mm-hmm. that he's going down deep into a tube full of people in a place where he can't... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like totally. And, uh, That's oh. me on a bus. <laughs> Look how happy I am in this one. Yeah. What is the steering wheel? <laughs> so part of the reason I love buses is because if you go on the top deck and you sit in the front, you can pretend you're driving. Right, Classic. Um, and on this bus, randomly, this was in Jersey, and we went on the top deck, went to the front, and there was a steering wheel just waiting. Oh, there's a fake steering wheel for children. Yeah. <laughs> for everyone. It didn't have a sign or anything. I'm, I thought that that was something that you brought with you on every bus. It's <laughs> a good idea. Which is not, not a terrible idea yeah. if you enjoy it. Love it. All right, I think I've heard everything I need to in order to make my decision. I am going to uh, descend into my underground lair to make my decision. I'll be back in a moment with my verdict. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Paul, how do you feel about your chances tonight? Uh, I think it went pretty well, yeah. I, I feel like good chances. I think he listened to my arguments and was, gave me a sympathetic uh, uh, review. Did you see that that timer that was ticking down in front of you turned red? Yeah, I did. I was very impressed about how he drove us through the tie with the times. Yeah. How do you feel, though? Because it's red now. Well, I've seen red means that I've won. Do you want to send some texts? <laughs> <laughs> I, this isn't my party, so you can be as late as you want, I think. May, how are you feeling? I'm not feeling great, to be honest. Are dogs allowed on buses? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we live in America? It's a great question. Dogs there everywhere. is a reason she's here. That's one of, That's one the, of the reasons. The number one reason yeah. is the uh, dogs on transport. Well, Paul, May, we'll find out what Judge John Hodgman has to say when we come back in just a moment. You're listening to Judge John Hodgman. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. Of course, the Judge John Hodgman podcast always brought to you by you the members of MaximumFun.org. Thanks to everybody who's gone to MaximumFun.org slash Join, and you can join them by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad, and I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame, You can upload as many photos as you want and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up. Seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2020-24, 2020-24. 
oh, if hindsight were 2020, I I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step by step, day by day, bird by bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom and presents his verdict. I'm getting too old for that bit. <laughs> so, uh, I have been visiting your country for a long time. My mother was an Anglophile, and she would come up with reasons that we would have to visit the first time I ever came to London. And the first time I ever encountered the underground uh, was when I was about 11 years old. I know that I was 11 years old because when, I, when we came over, I, I had a head cold and I got sick and I had to stay in bed for a couple of days during our visit. And, uh, and my father brought me a comic book and it was the, the June 1983 edition of The Legion of Superheroes. And I said to my dad, Father, a DC comic? Really? You know me not at all. And I tore it up in his face. No, he was doing his best. And I like Legion of Superheroes. But the first time I ever saw the tube, I remember thinking to myself, maybe even saying out loud, oh my God, they really did it. It's a f tube. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a tube. <laughs> you know, I grew up in Boston, Massachusetts. We have a subway. It's a hallway. You know, it's a square, rectangular hallway. It doesn't have to be a tube like something that a rodent dug. Yeah. Do you know? <laughs> and not only that, it's a tube within a tube. Like, the trains are tubes, too. That's just too... I mean, the branding's impeccable. <laughs> but, I mean, if you really want the experience of being deep underground and running through a tube as though you are running away from danger, yeah. like the rabbits and Watership Down, but there's nowhere to go because the men have plugged up all the holes and they're sending poison down the holes... Mm -hmm. That's what riding the tube is like. Yes. And I'm not normally claustrophobic, but it's just the fact that it's curved and you're like, mm, mm -hmm. really a tube. Not all of them, but some of them. Mm -hmm. By contrast, I mentioned before, I took the bus yesterday and it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I, was walking, I was walking along a road, a main road, and I, had, I happened to have a little Oyster card in my pocket because I'm an international traveler. <laughs> and a bus came along and I'm like, this will relieve me of my walk. I was starting to feel a little bit tired. I'm too old to be jumping up and down behind a, a podium all the time. So I get onto this bus, and I'm looking at my phone, which is tracking its progress, because I figure, okay, probably a, a popular mapping uh, application will be able to tell me which route I'm on. And I saw all the routes of the bus, and this bus was on none of them. <laughs> this bus was on no route whatsoever. And it was going down a major road, and then it took a left, no, excuse me, a right, 
off its route just to go on its own. My worst possible fear finally come true. It was just doing its own thing. And I got off that bus very fast. And I, and I hobbled back up to the main road to wait for a different bus. And then I looked at, the, at the, all, the, all the, the signage, you know, on the post to explain to you what to do. And there were 5,000 numbers there. And none of it was comprehensible to me. So I decided, okay, I think I've got this figured out. I think I'm going to get on, uh, I think it was a 38 bus. That's my number one bus. That's your number one bus. It's the best bus. Well, f*** that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to swear. But I would ask you please to ring them up and explain that a foreign visitor was excited to ride the number 38 bus. Yeah. As were many other people, locals who needed to go to a place. Yeah. The bus, number 38 bus, came along, slowed down to a stop, the driver looked at all of us and then went, no. And then just kept... <laughs> no possible explanation for it yeah. other than spite. Yeah. There was no, the bus wasn't full we, and just people just were very upset about it. And that's when I, I gave up on the bus after that. Can you explain that, why that happened? Uh, they might not have liked the look of you. <laughs> it's not just me. It was, I mean, that I would you, accept. as the plural of the group... Potentially. Oh, all they, of us. They could have thought you might have started something. No, it was in the middle of the afternoon. This wasn't a night bus. We were all just trying to... I don't know. Does that happen? The, the bus just will not stop? Yeah. Yes. And what reason, Only Paul? when it's full. Uh, sometimes it's full. Sometimes the driver is just annoying. <laughs> <laughs> it does seem to me that the bus is a little less predictable. But there, that's known. I mean, really, what should be happening here is, you know, people like what they like. You're going to go meet friends. You take the bus. You take the tube. And you'll get there first, and then you'll look, you know, late, yeah. and no one will care. <laughs> but then great. you don't get to enjoy the, com the company of each other, right? Can Sounds you great. enjoy each other's company on, on, the, on your hated form of transportation? I think so. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, you can never ride together again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm really stuck here because I don't know what possible standing I could, uh, you would have, Paul, to order May to never take the bus again. I think that uh, May's solution is reasonable. If you are trying to make a concert or a, a movie or a, 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 a restaurant reservation, and May, mm -hmm. if you're meeting friends, you have to take the tube. <laughs> if you're going for a fantastical joyride through the magical city of London <laughs> with no real destination and no need to get anywhere, and really riding is kind of optional too, because it might just be sitting and looking, then absolutely take the bus. But if there's something, if you're traveling together and you have to hit a, a, a time period, then I do think that you have to go ahead and take the tube. Paul, I rule in your favor. I hope that you will enjoy But Paul? Thank you. Your nice. friends don't care if you're late. <laughs> That's something you can do. You can do some deep breathing exercises, exercise some distress tolerance. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They, don't, yeah. they don't really care. I, just a reminder, no one's really thinking about you as much as you are thinking about yourself, they're all thinking about themselves, and you know, it's very rare that you're actually making someone uncomfortable because you're late. But that said, I don't think that you deserve to feel uncomfortable while you're going to a place, and therefore I rule in favor of the deep, dark tunnel that is the tube. <laughs> Judge John Hodgman rules, that is all. Thank you. May and Paul, thank you for joining us on the Judge John Hodgman podcast.
Judge Hodgman really was excited. Like, the first thing that John said when we got to London was, and I'm not making this up, I'm excited to ride the bus. I really wanted... I was really... I mean, I truly was excited to ride the bus. I haven't... I like... I actually like riding the tube, and there's one thing that Paul forgot to point out, is that unlike the bus, the tube has stations. Yeah. Stuff's happening in those stations. There's some busking going on. And urination. Other things are happening in the stations. But... I was really excited to ride the bus, but the, you know, the bus sure did cure me of that. That was a terrible experience. I got to tell you, I immediately talked smack about how I prefer the subway, and guess what I went out and did immediately thereafter? Yeah, that's right. I got up on the top floor of a double-decker right in the front window and enjoyed a long ride to East London. <laughs> did, you, did you pretend to steer and go pew, pew, pew like you're firing lasers? Well, there wasn't a children's steering wheel there, so no. Jesse... Last time we were here, we had a very special musical guest uh, come and sing for us, and it was so wonderful, and I've missed her so much, and I'm happy to say that, that we're very lucky because it's going to happen again. Would That's you please right. introduce our guest? Yeah, last time she was here performing under the name of Emmy the Great, uh, but while she remains great, she is also many other things, a singer, songwriter, essayist, and the author of a forthcoming book, one person playing two roles, a canto pop memoir. Please welcome to the stage, Emily Moss. Emily Moss to the stage, if you please. Hi, hi, thank you so much. Um, I love the name of your dog. Um, this song is called Flower Market. It's, um, the, it's a new song, it's for a music project I haven't, done anything with so it's a secret <laughs> um but yeah it's called flower market um and i wrote it after finding a voice note of um my mum walking through a flower market criticizing beautiful flowers <laughs> um thanks Moi fa, lan fa, lin fa, tou fa, In my mind 
Emma Lee Moss, everyone. Hey, Emma. Thank you for being here with us. And so you're in the midst of an art artistic transition. Uh, oh, that's a nice way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You have ended the project that was known as Emmy the Great. Uh, yeah, I did a final gig, which was really nice. It was like a ritual kind yes. of thing. Yeah. Right. And I feel like I should talk into the mic because I had extensive. So I have my back to you. I'm Why sorry. Why don't you come around this way and you can speak into that microphone just okay. for a moment. Okay. And so you had a ritual in which you, uh, did you burn yourself in effigy or? So my bandmate said that we should get a cardboard cut out of me and run it over with a car. <laughs> But we didn't have the budget. Oh, no. So I just did 12 songs. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah. And what prompted the change? Well, I wanted to do it a lot, like a long time ago. I thought I would wrap it up mm -hmm. after a certain point and start something new because I was playing a lot of really old songs, yeah. you know, from when I was like 19 years old. Um, and just some of the references had gone out of date. I didn't feel the same way. I, I often updated the song lyrics. Right. But then it was just like, uh, you know, that thing where you're like cutting the broom. It's like an only fools and horses thing. And you're just like, what am I working with here? So, yeah. Sure. Um, oh, I know about that. <laughs> um, I know all about that. I also know all about that. Yeah. I've seen it loads. But I only yeah, know that Victoria one. Victoria line. Yeah. I like the um, district line. 
Wow. Just to back, back that person up. I mean, I don't love it. But Are you team tube or team bus? I was... We were sitting back there and we were discussing every single line. Um, so we didn't hear everything, but we thought that your ruling was kind. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I um, really believe me, when we get to mob justice, I'm going to be much meaner. But it's it, going to be much more exciting. It's going to be an absolute <laughs> bloodbath. We're going to be we're going to be taking every single one of these audience members, uh, making a cardboard version of them, and running them over with a justice <laughs> car. Yeah, the printing is happening as we speak. We scanned you all as you came in. It's going to be traumatic. I'm sorry. But yeah. <laughs> I think you guys are going to be nice to everyone. That's oh, the gosh, feel you're that probably right. Sorry. <laughs> we'll see. Um, I mean, but you, you know, the fact is, you, you were and are great. Oh, but thanks. I really admire when someone realizes, like, oh, I'm in a different time as an artist. And it's time to mark that somehow. Yeah, it felt really good. I mean, I didn't, after the pandemic... Um, I'm sorry, the what? The, yeah, I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to be the first person to say it. So I sat still for a really long time yeah. and you know I just couldn't let go so I actually carried on for another two years because I was like I really need to hold on to these old songs yeah and then it got to the point where I could actually feel like the old me knocking about inside mm -hmm. just being like you need to move on so and so you are and you have this book coming out I am writing it and yes. definitely fingers crossed it will come out when I've written it um <laughs> <laughs> I, historically, that is the order in which it happens, so but that's good news for I you. have to write it. Is and the, what is yeah. it about? Um, it's about um, I, my life in Hong Kong. I have lived some of my life in Hong Kong, um, and I have listened to music there yeah. that I haven't listened to publicly here. So it's about like decompartmentalization and the music of... Like fandom and the music of Hong Kong. This is can canto pop? Canto pop. Which is, I'm not familiar with the genre. Um, well, you got to read my book. Um, no, I'll send well, you a when playlist. Well, you finish it, maybe it'll be <laughs> yeah, published. Yeah, and then exactly. Um, I will walk to the store and give money for it. No. You will get a small portion of it. <laughs> I will leave it on my bedside table and be like, why am I not reading that? Why am I just reading Am I the Asshole on Reddit again tonight? I will send you a PDF. That's um, very kind. Yeah, I Thank will you send very you a much. PDF. Um, yeah, no, it's, um, it's the music of Hong Kong. It's yeah. sung in Cantonese. Um, some of the stars are like Fei Wong. <laughs> um, well, you'll learn when you all read the book. People usually know, some people usually know. Is there know anything them. else, since you have the ear of literally tens of Judge John Hodgman fans, um, that uh, you'd like people to know about, or uh, about this new phase in your life, or, or a, a website to go to, or a... Oh, about Social me? media um, account or my anything? Web <laughs> my website just no, says... No, this is just what we have to do. Emmy the Great is a former project. <laughs> Every now and then I get like worried letters from people yeah. um, being like, what, what, what's happened? Um, I, yeah, no, I just... You all you, you sound great. The laughter is really getting across on the feed in there. Um, we usually don't give them notes until a little later <laughs> okay, in the program, no, but just you know, like, I, I appreciate that. Um, Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. It's thank just you. Will so you come nice back a little later, back. maybe, and sing yeah, something? For sure. Yeah, Thanks okay, good. Emily Moss, Moss, everyone. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. 
lovely new gifts are lined up, the episodes will be amazing and wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org slash newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Jesse, we talk about the airing and quashing of beefs. Does that phrase track? Do people have beefs with each other in the UK? Is that a term that you understand for dispute? Yes? No? Yes? Okay, good. Because we have more beefs to settle, including a beef that has something to do with beef. And I feel like we need an expert to help us with this. Yeah, I I agree, Judge Hodgman. Luckily, uh, the two of us happen to know an actual expert on the subject of beef who lives right here in the United Kingdom. He's the creator of the Beef and Dairy Network, one of the funniest podcasts in any genre, no matter what meat it concerns. It will be recording live tomorrow here at the London Podcast Festival, but we're lucky to have him here with us right now. Please welcome our expert witness, Benjamin Partridge. Benjamin Partridge to the stage, please. Hello. Mr. Benjamin Partridge, thank you for being here. Before we hear this beef beef, Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit more about beef so that we have all the information we need to hear the case properly? Yeah, for sure. Um, let's start with an easy one. Have you guys heard of um, a beef? Yeah. It's coming through pretty well on the monitors backstage. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's carrying. I'm, uh, that's a worrying level of uh, beef awareness, but I have, I have got a little PowerPoint that will help some of these people out with. During our show? Well, this is like a section within your show, which kind of becomes my show. It's, it's, like, um, it's like diplomatic waters or, you know, an embassy. Okay. I mean, I, I assume that we would have to, like, you, we can't... Oh. Oh, he, he set it up already. Here we go. <laughs> he hacked into our system, it would seem. <laughs> so, um, yes. I'm aware you're not here to see my podcast, but I just thought there's a few facts I'd like to get across to people before you can really get into these cases you've got coming up. Yes, I, I appreciate that. Um, first fact to take away with you, if you learn nothing else from me this evening, it is that in the dictionary, the, uh, the plural of beef is beeves. <laughs> there it is. So there we go. Uh, now... <laughs> It's a, uh, a disturbing word on its own. <laughs> and somehow when it's pixelated that way, it becomes nauseating. <laughs> but also a, a great name for a, a baby. I, you know, I... Beefs. <laughs> yeah. If anyone here is expecting. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, 
I don't, don't know how, how much people are aware here uh, of how almost any meat in the universe can be categorized into four categories. And really, there are only actually four meats. No, I I've think... Heard Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Wait, are I, you aware of this? I always thought that... I think there are more than four meats. No, no, so, uh, okay. <laughs> Let's explain. So, in the early 1900s, um, there started to be more and more meats discovered. So, you've got um, venison, for example. Right. What do you do with that? From a tax perspective, it was a problem, okay? Uh, and um, this is a... <laughs> this was a, a sort of newsletter that came out at the time, it was called the Livestock and Meat Situation. <laughs> and by 1950, this problem of how to tax different meats became an actual problem for uh, tax, like the IRS in America and the HRC sure. here. Um, and that's the only two tax um, <laughs> bodies that I know about. But there are, you'll have one if you come from another country. And they, they needed to know like, how to tax all these different kinds of meats. Should there be one tax rate for all meats? That seems mad. So what they did was they came up with a sort of an idea that all meats could be put into three categories. So it was either beef, lamb, or chicken. Mm. Okay? Then, of course, if you know your history, in the 70s, there was uh, another um, edition of this where they realized that really pork is a meat. <laughs> really, that pork had, is a meat. That had been controversial for some time. Yeah, they didn't but, know what to do with it, and they right. thought, no, 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 pork's its own thing. Things were changing, Mary Tyler Moore show, etc. Yeah, exactly so, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. And so, all meats you can think of can be f fitted into this taxonomy of meats. So, for example, uh, venison goes in beef. That is, that is of course, forest beef. <laughs> um, rabbit, hedgerow, pork meat. Goat, mountain lamb. Goose, violent chicken. <laughs> Pheasant, posh chicken. Quail, weird chicken. <laughs> now... I know what some of the sharper ones amongst you are thinking. Ben, what about fish? Right, what about fish? Hey, Ben, what about fish? Here we go. Now, this is a, this is a live issue, and I've got to say there's no consensus hey, really hey, on how this works. Let's do this all together. On three, Ben. <laughs> ben, what about fish? One, two, three. Ben, what, what about, about fish? fish? Well, I'm glad you asked. Now, there's, there's no consensus about this, but... If we look at what scientists in general are coming to, you can plot most fish onto this. So, for example, uh, in America you have a tuna called chicken of the sea. Mm -hmm. uh, so you'd think then that obviously tuna goes into chicken. Wrong! Right. You get tuna steaks, it's beef. Um, wow. Then obviously salmon is pork, prawns are lamb. It's pretty, once you get into it, <laughs> Wait. it starts coming naturally. Right. Why, why is it obvious that salmon is pork? Sorry? Why is it obvious that salmon Oh, it's is right there. Oh. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I didn't see that. I was looking somewhere else. Understood. Sorry, it, it, it seems the judge isn't getting the feel of it. It's a feel thing. Okay. It's, it's a vibe thing. Uh, salmon vibes pork to you. And can I just say, the vibes are pristine. <laughs> <laughs> um, you could, if you threw a salmon at a grizzly bear, it would catch it in his mouth. If you threw a pig at a grizzly bear, similar thing. It's <laughs> a great point, Ben. I presume this has been tested. By the <laughs> um, now, final, final bit of knowledge for you. Could there ever be a fifth meat? Well. No, I no, couldn't. I don't, I don't know about that. I mean, back in 1975, we thought there were only three meats. No, no. Now we all agree that pork... 
There's no fifth me. There's no such thing as... But... No. <laughs> eel. No. Eel. Eel. Smoked eel. Eel. So eel is a kind of aquatic snake, uh, and a snake is a rope of chicken. <laughs> Iguana. <laughs> I don't actually know that one. I guess, think, let's think about it. Mm, again, it's a feel thing. I think it's pork. If you threw it at a bear. If you threw it at a bear. I mean, the, the problem with this, if you th if, the problem with the, the if you threw it at the bear thing is like lots of stuff. It would go a similar Lots way. of stuff becomes pork in yeah. that way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, I thought the problem was throwing the llama. Llama? Oh, I thought it was a llama. That's no, iguana working. is what I said. Oh, iguana. iguana. Sometimes they eat. Well, I'd throw that <laughs> at a bear. Get out of here, iguana. <laughs> Look, I'd throw anything at a bear. All right, well, I'll keep thinking about this fifth meat. <laughs> There's no such thing as a fifth meat. I think there has to no, be a fifth meat. No, John, we have a case. All right. Uh, Thank you very much, Benjamin Partridge, for your my presentation. My pleasure. I find this very troubling, but you are the expert after all. Mm. And uh, I believe that we have a, uh, a beef beef to hear uh, right now. So, Jesse, could you uh, invite the litigants to the stage? Please welcome to the stage Tim and Bell. Tim and Bell, please come to the stage. Tim is a hospice chaplain. He used to have a podcast called God or Whatever, and Jesse was a guest on it one time. He's a vegetarian. Bell is a graphic designer and is currently... Not a vegetarian. Interesting. So, Tim and Bell, what is the podcast that you had or have? Uh, it was a podcast I did in lockdown, because we all did podcasts in lockdown, right? And no, no. Some of us did it before lockdown. Well, that's fair. Some of us were actually doing it professionally for some time. Well, before it, it was decided that everyone should do it. And there was a little bit of IP theft involved, because I called it God or whatever. Oh, I, I know did, this. I did Wait a minute. You... What? Hold on. Why did you start a podcast during lockdown? You're not an actor who's much more famous than we are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but my ego says I am. <laughs> no, but you, you called it God or whatever, which yeah. is a reference to uh, the way we swear people in. Exactly. And the way I see reality. And um, that's very nice. And you interviewed Jesse. I did. Yeah. yeah. That's good. And, you had a nice time. Uh, I didn't. You get an email from you. So. You, you. You didn't reply. Is that so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I messaged <laughs> you both on Instagram. Oh, oh, yeah. I don't check that very well. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it's the podcast okay, is cool. done now? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not available anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Bell, you say you are not a vegetarian currently, but it says here that you want to be. Is that correct? Yep, that's right. But it also says that you would like to uh, make one exception to your vegetarianism. Yeah. Is that correct? And what would that exception be? Steak. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be a vegetarian, but you want to eat steak. Yeah. Beef. Yeah. How often would you eat beef? How many beefs would you have in a year? <laughs> like, is this a once a year thing on your birthday? or? Um, probably about as much as I do now, which is once every couple of weeks or so. Okay. That's, um, uh, uh, how do you respond to that, Tim? What is your well, opinion on that? I mean, it's, it's never been an issue that Bill eats meat, but if you eat steak, you're not a vegetarian. You can, you can eat meat, but you can't be a vegetarian who eats steak. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a vegetarian. Right, sorry. So she's, I'm, 
Uh, maybe you didn't hear. She's a vegetarian, but she eats steak. Well, she's, she isn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, so I got a text from Belle. Uh, she, she'd been at a festival in her friend Martin's garden called Martfest. Mm -hmm. um, and she got drunk and decided to be a vegetarian. Ah. But still wants to eat steak, but wants the glory of being a vegetarian. Wait, she was an omnivore who got drunk and decided to not eat meat? It's 100% supposed to be the other way around. <laughs> Describe your conversion experience such as it is. Well, a lot of my friends... First of all, what was the festival that you were trying to buzz market that you were at? I missed it. It's it, not a real festival. It was their friend Martin's festival, Marfest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just his birthday party. How often does Marfest happen? Annually. Annually? Yeah. 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 Was it like Burning Man this year? Did you get rained on and stuck in the mud? Elon Musk was there. Ah! <laughs> Musk made it to Marfest. Very good. Um, so you were at Marfest. What's, what's going on at Marfest exactly? It's just a barbecue. But All right. most of the people there are vegetarians or vegans. Uh -huh. So every what's year... What's being barbecued then? Well, there's a few meat eaters there, but okay. it becomes a bit of a discussion every year. And you got a little bit, you got a little bit tipsy. Yeah. What were you drinking? Um, just Steak beer. juice? White Claw. You were drinking White Claw. Oh, yeah, White Claw, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you can't... I'm not going to make it. I'm a teetotaler except for White Claw. <laughs> <laughs> so you had, you had a, few, a, a few too many claws. Yeah. And what, what moved you to become a vegetarian? And what does it mean to you to become a vegetarian... If you are still eating, like leave the steak thing aside, what will change? Well, for me, I think I care about the environmental impact of mm -hmm. eating meat, so that would be my motivation for it. But steak's delicious, so sure. I don't, I don't want to give that up. But um, you will give up all. Otherwise, how how often? Like how much meat? I'll ask him. How much meat does she? It's a it's a fair amount. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would this be a major lifestyle? Even if she were to, yeah, yeah, this yeah, would yeah, be a yeah. fairly big lifestyle change. Yeah. Even if she kept steak in the totally, it right. would be a big lifestyle change. And to be clear, I would really support it. But you just couldn't be called a vegetarian. That's all. Like you eating less meat, I'm really up for. But you can't have the label of vegetarian, in my opinion. What would be a great label? What What's your relationship? We're a, a boyfriend and girlfriend. Boyfriend and girlfriend. So you get to tell her what she eats and how she describes herself. <laughs> <laughs> No. What would be the appropriate <laughs> label for uh, a steakitarian? A, a, a uh, just like no, normal. A, just a, a low meatitarian. Yeah. Flex, some people say flexitarian, but they're, they're wankers. <laughs> <laughs> He's a hospital chaplain. <laughs> hospice. Hospice now. Oh. Hospice. Holy oh, cow. That's they, they, don't, they don't mind. We all they know they're mind. assholes. Yeah. <laughs> Benjamin Partridge, do you have an opinion on this uh, as, an, as an expert on beef and meat in general? I guess, like, I don't have a problem with vegetarians because they're some of the few people that you can rely on not to be eating lamb. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, what are you giving up? Pate Wednesdays? <laughs> like, I want to get a, set, a better sense of what you're giving up, actually, because it sounds like... You're not yeah, what are your, some of the favorite foods that you would be giving oh, up? Chicken wings, mm. lamb kebabs. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Sounds good, doesn't it? McDonald's, Wendy's. Mm -hmm. There's so many good meats. You know what? I'm with you. Tim, you should eat meat. <laughs> <laughs> this is backfired. 
Is there a way, Benjamin Partridge, to classify steak as some kind of some kind of sentient vegetable? vegetable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cows are vegetarians. Say it again. Cows are vegetarians. Cow- cows are vegetarians. Really so, you, but you, it's, <laughs> if you, if I you throw hang an on, iguana, hang on a second. I, I, I really think Bella's on to something here. No. <laughs> I'm a vegetarian. I follow the vegetarian diet because I only eat vegetarians. <laughs> this is pretty good, Tim, you have to admit. This is I'm a not good happy argument. about it. I'm not happy about it. Why does it matter to you what she calls herself, Tim? Um, it's, um, it's stolen valor. Mm. <laughs> Earlier, Tim, you used the phrase, um, I think the phrase was the glory of vegetarians. That's not a thing. I don't think that's a thing. (laughs) No, that's a thing. It's in the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) It's in the back somewhere. (laughs) What uh, define the glory of vegetarianism for you, Tim? Well, uh, I mean, you're right. There is no glory. That's probably the wrong word. But like, it's a sacrifice, right? Like, I I used to like meat, and then I became a vegetarian, and it was a hard choice that I made. I mean, I feel like I'm really like blowing my own trumpet, but that, that, yeah. Yeah. It's a choice. It's a and how long have you been a, a vegetarian? Like 10 years. All right. Yeah. Well, tr- well trumpet blown, Tim. Good job. Thanks very much. Tim. Tim. There's something you wanted to say? Um, Tim's a hypocrite. Whoa. <laughs> yes. Whoa. I'll, allow, I'll allow it. He, I can't, I can't believe you're doing this. this I can't believe you're doing this. <laughs> he once ate a dog. <laughs> on the subway. That eats meat. <laughs> a meat-eating dog on the subway. Um, Tim is a consumer of cod liver oil. Because I have arthritis. <laughs> oh. It's a medical condition. I have to take it. She I'm not happy steak. about it. <laughs> She's got anemia, haven't you? Yes, yeah. actually I do. <laughs> well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You take cod liver oil. Yes. Uh, Not medici- for pleasure. I hate it. It's horrible. Yeah. No, I know. But, uh, but I mean, I, I don't know. that. Can you even categorize that as meat? Or would that not be a kind of fifth meat, Benjamin Parker? <laughs> <laughs> Where would that no. fit into your no. little rubric? <laughs> no. Cod liver oil, if you will. No, that's a secretion. That's a whole different thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tim, then you are merely a secretist. And as for you, Belle, I have to... <laughs> I have to say that uh, it is, uh, it, it is, there is no particular glory. Well, I'm not going to say that. It's wonderful being a vegetarian. Being a vegetarian is a very yeah. thoughtful way to live. It's not for me. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I admire those who do eat a, a, a vegetarian and a vegan uh, diet and so forth. And good for you, Tim. Hmm. Enjoy your glory and your Thank secretionism. You. Thank you. And, uh, but, Belle, I just, I'm caught between two points here. On the one hand, uh, Bell would be lying. Uh, on the other hand, I don't like Tim saying that Bell can't be whatever she wants to be. So I'm going to say this. Um, I really like your solution, Bell, that you only eat vegetarian animals. <laughs> <laughs> God, so now it. lamb is open to you? Goats? Yeah. Basically all of them. <laughs> <laughs> She can't eat wolf. 
I think you should say, I don't eat meat except for vegetarian animals and also vegetarians are possible. <laughs> this is the sound of a gavel. Judge John Hodgman rules that is all. Tim and Belle. Let's welcome to the stage Tim and Tamlin. Tim and Tamlin are now coming to the stage. Thank you for Tim and Belle. Now, you come to us from Vancouver, British Columbia. Is that so? That is so. Look at the incredible mic skills on all of these litigants tonight. <laughs> Thank Congra- you. Let me tell you something. We, we, you know, we, we've toured all over the world, and nowhere but London do people know. Take the microphone and shove it right in your mouth. So good job. <laughs> nah, it's too much, Tim. <laughs> uh, Tamlin, it says in your complaint that 10 years ago, you made the greatest sandwich ever, but Tim refused to eat it. That's correct, yes. <laughs> yes. And this has gone on for 10 years. Upwards of 10 years. Upwards of 10 years. Yes. To take me back to the day 10 years ago. And, and as we discussed, don't reveal the ingredients of the sandwich. Right. That's going to be an incredible surprise for the audience. <laughs> um, it was an ordinary day. Um, it was an ordinary day in, in Vancouver, Vancouver, British Columbia. A little bit rainy. Yeah, it's very ordinary. <laughs> yeah. um, and we were having lunch. We, this was before we had children, so we were independent adults making our own lunches for ourselves. Right. Tim had made his lunch. He had finished it. I made the best sandwich I've ever made. I took a bite and just was overcome and I said, oh, Tim, like you have to try this sandwich. It's the best sandwich ever. And he responded with, I got a good mouth feel and then refused. I've got a good mouth feel. Yeah. I had a really good mouth feel. Uh, uh, keep, don't keep <laughs> saying it like it means something. <laughs> You refused to eat the sandwich because you already had, and I quote, a good mouthfeel. Explain what you're talking about. A really good mouthfeel. Yeah, I, 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 I have preferences around textures, and I, I used to be a, a very picky eater. I see. Um, so, I, you know, I really couldn't, nothing mushy, it just wouldn't work for me. Um, I, I, Was I this a mushy sandwich? No, All absolutely right. not. Let the record show, not a mushy sandwich. Go ahead, Tim. <laughs> I, I guess I don't know the answer if it was or not. Yeah. Uh, but I had just eaten, I, I wish I could recall, but it was something that probably had texture, probably a lot of crunch, something soft, and it was, it was good. There was probably some butter in it, and it just left me with a really nice feel in probably. my mouth. Probably. Probably. Pro- but uh, I, I was in harmonious bliss. I was in a good state. You and didn't I, want to introduce anything that would disturb your already existing good mouthfeel. That mouthfeel, thank you. Yeah, that's right. Uh, what, and so it was just like, you know, just like a little saliva-y, but a little extra, <laughs> I don't know, you don't remember what you ate, right? But a little aftertaste of mayonnaise or something. Absolutely. That's what I call a good mouthfeel. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. And have, since then, have you ever tried to make the sandwich again? Um, I have. I think that the, the issue was really on that day. The stars aligned. The, all of the ratios were perfect. The crunchiness of the lettuce. Uh, the, uh, uh, I mean... I will... <laughs> I happen to have the sandwich here. <laughs> made to your specifications. Oh. And Tim, I'm going to taste this sandwich. You say this is the most delicious sandwich ever? It, it, was the most, um, it was the most delicious sandwich ever. 
And Tim's refusal to eat the sandwich was very disappointing to me. How does that make you feel? This was 13 years ago. And it lives on. The argument lives on. And she, she, her, the nickname she give, she's given me is a batty, caddy, scaredy mouth because I wouldn't eat the sandwich. Because he had a scaredy mouth. I don't A little batty, scaredy mouth. Batty, catty, scaredy mouth, Tim. <laughs> Catalyst for bad things whose mouth fears new flavors, effectively. Oh, sure. Yeah. No, I know the dictionary yeah, so, definition. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. sorry. Catalyst for bad things who avoids new flavors. Is, yeah. this, uh, is this a problem in your life otherwise? It was. I've, I've grown tremendously, I, I think. There, I think there, yes. The... What sort of things was Tim avoiding? Obviously mushy. Yeah, well, I think that it was sort of a general fear of anything that wasn't sort of... Oh, sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry, go on. Very much a, a steak man. So he'd want oh. a steak. A vegetarian, you mean. Yeah. <laughs> I see. Yeah. What sort of foods do you are you averse to? Uh, nothing now. I Tamlin. Was there any intervention? Did you did you seek any therapy or was it? <laughs> no, I mean you know people have food aversions yeah. that they have to it, work through. I yeah. just, I'm not trying to get a sense of how serious it was. Tamlin's family uh, eats a wonderfully diverse array of foods, and eventually, just through enough exposure, I I I grew. I was willing to experience new things, and and now I'll kind of eat anything. Can you give an example of a thing that you didn't want to have, and then you tried, and now you enjoy it? There's a there's an eggplant dish that you can get at dim sum that's it's uh, it's it looks really mushy and goopy but when you actually bite it, it, it oh, I mean it, it is mushy but it's got all these other it's, it's wonderful oh shrimps oh it's eggplant. lovely yeah and I and now, and now it's it's a favorite does so it I, have a name I, no it, I don't it, it, it does it does <laughs> that's, it was a yes or no question perfect <laughs> and yet you have never tried this sandwich in 13 years you've never tried to make it for him again. Well, I, I was fearful of his scaredy mouth. I didn't want to be rejected again. Right. You've already been burned once exactly. by this non-mushy sandwich. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to give it a... Shall I give it a try? I'd love to hear what you think about the sandwich. Wouldn't you guys love to hear about... I mean, if there's one thing people who listen to podcasts love, it's people eating on microphones. <laughs> John, what's, it, what's in the sandwich? Well, hang on. Let me see okay. if I can detect it first. <laughs> so, so it's about a roll. Um, mm. I made it to your specifications. So, there's mustard. Yes. There's hummus. Yes. Which was interesting. Mm. And by the way, mushy. Just to be fair to Tim. <laughs> Thank you. Hang on. <laughs> You want to get in on this, Tim? I really, yeah, I really do. <laughs> you want me to go to the back end, or can I bite where you bit? What do you want? I'll, I'll go to the back end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is more than I expected. <laughs> me too. Want to bite? Yeah, there's mature cheddar. You want some? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, well, I can tell you how, cl- how closely you approximated. Well, do we remember which side we're eating from? No. Okay. Go middle. Okay, yeah, I'll go middle. Oh, yeah. We're back at it, folks. <laughs> Civilization... <laughs> It's like We've Michelle. learned nothing. <laughs> we no. I just, just. I'm gonna keep. I want you both to live. <laughs> there was an op, There was an op, a time when I was going like Tamlin should bring the sandwich in herself. Yeah. And then I realized no, no, no. I would like to live. I don't know who this person is. <laughs> I don't know what kind of mushrooms you're gonna slip into this sandwich. Roofie me with your 
delicious sandwich. It's pretty good. There's pickle, mm-hmm. mature cheddar, mm-hmm. crispy lettuce. Mm-hmm. That lettuce is a little wilty. Wow. <laughs> Tamlin, did you see what happened already here? Tim already ate it. You got your way. <laughs> oh, did I win? <laughs> well, was it a trick? <laughs> you didn't have to eat the sandwich. <laughs> Yay! But I don't think, obviously, you're not caddy, caddy, daddy, Matty. Yeah, you got it. Batty, Matty, Scaredy Mouth. Mm. Batty, Caddy, Scaredy Mouth. Batty, Caddy, Scaredy Mouth anymore. You can't call him that anymore. So in that sense, you win. And in in this sense, you win too because you got got him to taste the sandwich. You got me to taste it too. But I still have to decide if this is the most delicious sandwich. And I got to tell you, mm, there's something I determine is in here. I don't don't know what this is. It's, uh, let's see, it's... uh, Oh, it's um, it's something called turkey. Turkey. <laughs> I feel like it's like a fifth kind of meat. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. We didn't just turkey. You didn't have turkey up there. Benjamin Tur- Partridge, you didn't have turkey on your thing. Turkey is fifth sim- meat. Turkey is simply robust chicken. <laughs> <laughs> now wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, because we <laughs> we have an expert here. So far, would you say this is the greatest sandwich ever? It's a very good sandwich, Tim. Okay. And you. Tim, you are wrong to, de- to not eat it. I like it very much, but I've got to be honest with Here's, you, Jesse. Okay. It's not the most delicious sandwich. Here's my question. Ben, yeah. we're lucky enough to have you here. Is there anything we could do to take this sandwich from a very good sandwich to the best sandwich ever? Jesse. Judge John. Yes. Litigants. It's our old friend, Beef. Um, do you want a sausage from my pocket? <laughs> Are those rich beef sausages? Rich, rich, rich beef sausages. I'm do you want a, so glad that you brought do you want a pocket gri- sausage to the show. Uh, yes, Jesse, will you make sure to handle it with all of your fingers too and put his pocket sausage into the sandwich and I will eat a 50-50 chance I'll be eating Tim and Tamlin's saliva along <laughs> with this. And you'll have to hold it for me, Jesse, because I've got the microphone. And I... Better? That makes all the difference. It's incredible. <laughs> Thank you very much, Tim and Tamlin. <laughs> Thank you, Ben Partridge, host of the Beef and Dairy Network podcast, the funniest podcast in the world. Thank you very much, everybody. There's Bailiff Jesse Thorne. I'm Judge John Hodgman. That's our show. Thank you so much for coming to the London Podcast Festival. We'll see you next time on the Judge John Hodgman Podcast. That's it for another episode of Judge John Hodgman. This episode was recorded at King's Place in London for the London Podcast Festival. Our producers were Daniel Taylor and Jennifer Marmer. Marie Bardi Salinas runs our social media. Congratulations on your marriage. And don't miss us on tour in October and November. Go to vanfreaksroadshow.com for tickets. And if you live in one of the cities we're visiting, send us your disputes. There's a link right there at vanfreaksroadshow.com. That's vanfreaksroadshow.com. We'll talk to you next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Blimey. Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows. Supported. Directly by you.